Your hosts are here, Sammy and Michelle. By the end of this podcast, you'll know them well. Adulting, navigating the journey of life. Careers to relationships, pain and strife. Put down the rule book. Rethink the status quo. If there's another direction you want to go, find purpose, passion and mastery in all that you do with Status Post Adulting. Hey, Status Post Adulting family. This is Sammy and Michelle. And you're listening to the 97th episode of Status Post Adulting, where we are talking about boundaries. Boundaries, especially with your family, especially during the holidays. Familial boundaries during the holidays. There's a reason we wanted to chat about this now, and it's because, one, we love the topic of boundaries. Boundaries are wonderful. And guess who is some of the hardest people to set boundaries with? Your family. Your family. I mean, I guess I don't know, but your family, family. Our family, yes, for sure. When you're Indian and you have a million people in your family, yeah, you're setting boundaries all day, every day. Mm-hmm. So we really wanted to revisit boundaries, take a look what they are, signs of bad boundaries, and how you can work your way up to have good boundaries. I guess we should start with what is a boundary? Oh, yes. A boundary is basically setting a rule, a limitation, Yeah, a rule or limitation with a person, expressing something along the lines of, hey, these are my preferences. This is how I wanted to how I want to be treated or shown respect and having the other person respect those boundaries so that you can have a relationship where the two of you can get along without intentionally crossing each other's without like pushing each other's buttons. Exactly, Michelle. It could be as simple as something like I will be leaving at eight o'clock. And trust me, if you know our family, there's nothing simple about that. Mm-hmm. It could be something like, I'm a vegetarian, and I can only eat vegetarian foods. Mm. It could be that I would like Michelle to be my power of attorney. Oof. I was trying to think of big ones. These are all really good ones, Sammy. And it's so important to enforce boundaries and also respect boundaries. I don't know if it's just coming from a big Indian family... Indian being what I think is the opposite of having boundaries mm-hmm. and having to constantly express them, enforce them, and also try to respect other people's boundaries and also realizing that it doesn't come naturally to me to respect other people's boundaries sometimes because I just don't think about it. And you know, Michelle, I think the best way to know if you're practicing good or bad boundaries is to sometimes look at the language and the behavior around what happens when a boundary is set. Oh, yeah, Sammy. I think there are definite signs that I look for to see whether or not I have been guilty of having bad boundaries. And guilt is one of the first ones. Oof. For example, if you feel guilty when asking for something, you may have a bad boundary. For example, maybe if you feel guilty asking someone to leave your home at 9 because a party ends at 9, that might be a bad boundary. Because really, you shouldn't have to feel bad about setting a boundary. Yeah, it's like you feel guilty about doing it. And at the same time, it's what you truly want. Like you want people to leave at 9 p.m. And yet 
you feel guilty to ask them to do it, and then maybe you don't ask them to do it, and then they don't leave, and then nobody's happy. Exactly. When I hear that example and I hear the word boundary, I think it really captures boundary because boundary is kind of saying, I end where my feelings and me ends, and I'm not responsible for you and your feelings. Hmm. And, you know, obviously, if you're doing something like killing someone, that's a different situation. You are kind of crossing some major boundaries. Yes. But if you're asking someone to leave your home at nine, you are asking them to leave at nine. That's that's your thing. If you start feeling guilty, it's because you're starting to take on that other person's. You're crossing over from you into them and you're starting to take on their feelings. And there's a couple of things there, Sammy, because I definitely feel this way. And it's not hard to figure out why. Here is an example. It's funny because I actually think our parents are very loving and supporting, but they definitely come from a culture that loves the guilt. You know, I think between Catholic guilt and Indian guilt and all of those things, and I came to this country and raised you guilt, there's just all of that inside, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times, like when we go for Thanksgiving and I tell my mom, like, hey, like I'm going to go hang out with my friends. Her knee-jerk reaction is to be like, oh, you're not spending time with me. Oh, you don't want to spend time with your mother. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I guess I won't see you. I guess you're coming here to see your friends. And the funny thing is she actually doesn't care. Like, she's so, like, when I go to see my friends, she makes her own plans. We have a great time. It's totally fine. But I think she's so used to that rhetoric because it's so culturally ingrained to us. And then because that's something that, like, I heard growing up, I feel guilty because I, even though I know she'll be okay, I'm like, oh, I'm such a bad daughter. I'm making plans, even though I should be hanging out with my parents, even though I can't spend 24-7 with just my parents. Like, I also need to respect my own time boundaries and my own personal space. But I can definitely see now where it comes from because once you're aware of it, you start to see how this language exists. By that same token, you know, if you are making someone feel guilty for setting a boundary, that's also bad boundaries on your side. For example, saying things like, you don't love me. I thought you didn't care about me. I thought you forgot about your good old friend. You're too busy (laughs) to take care of me. You're too busy to care about me these days. Or maybe just straight up, you're selfish. (laughs) You're too good for me these days. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's funny, Sammy, because as much as we can laugh at these things, I can definitely see where this comes up again in my own life. A good example of this is when we started podcasting on your birthday and I wanted you to figure out when we were going to open your birthday gift. Mm. And you were like, well, I need to do work right now. And immediately I was like, oh my gosh, like what is going on? And it took me a second. I actually paused and I was like, hold on. I know Sammy feels bad when I make her feel guilty about doing work. Two, I actually don't care. I had a meeting in the morning, and so I just wanted to figure out what time we would do it so that I could plan accordingly. And when I took that second and paused, I was like, oh, I sound like a whiny baby, but this is, it was just a like knee-jerk reaction because you're my sister and you're my family, and I think we're just used to pushing these boundaries. And I took a step back and I told Sammy, hey, like, I actually don't care that you're doing your work. I just wanted to figure out when we were going to do this. I have a meeting at 8 a.m. Let's try to make plans and then everything was fine but i could tell by the verbiage that i was using that i was going into old indian mother mode and i didn't like what i saw 
Yes. When I hear our parents talking to their friends or other family members, the bad boundaries are like literally ingrained in the vernacular. Like sometimes people will be like, oh, you're you're doing so well that you can't talk to me anymore. Like those kind of phrases are just part of the way people talk or like don't forget about little old me. Like those are all kind of bad boundaries because you're putting some of your own needs on somebody else and also trying to make them feel guilty about it. But I think recognizing what boundaries are and recognizing some of this verbiage that comes up when bad boundaries are around kind of helps you recognize like, oh, there must be a bad boundary here somewhere because somebody just told me that that they thought that I don't care about them anymore. I love that, Sammy, because I do think in language there, if you observe like whatever your native tongue is, or whatever your parents speak, I wouldn't be surprised if there are like phrases in there that innately have bad boundaries within them Mm -hmm. i think maybe it's just like as a culture we teach each other to like think about each other and care about each other but forget that (laughs) i'm just kidding it's just funny to think that there are certain phrases or like idioms that just have bad boundaries built into them yes so that one is guilt people with healthy boundaries do not make other people feel guilty about laying down their boundary and they do not feel guilty about laying down their boundaries either So true. Another sign of bad boundaries, entitlement and blame. For example, maybe you tell someone that you can't hang out with them on Saturday. And then they say, how dare you do that when I've done so much for you? I brought you into this world. I brought you into this world. I took five on-call shifts for you. Mm. Why this is bad boundaries? I can totally see that, Sammy. Because when I pay attention... If I ever feel resentful because I feel like I did a favor for somebody and they didn't respond the way I wanted them to, that to me is a clear sign that I had bad boundaries. Exactly, Michelle. And a lot of us probably do do this one even in the workplace. Oh, especially the workplace, I'm sure. Maybe we're like, you know what? I I can take a little box of paper clips home with me. Oh. I've been working an extra two hours every day outside of work. So these paper clips are nothing to them. I do wonder how much bad boundaries manifest in (laughs) office theft, because I will not say I've done that, but I've definitely felt entitled to a couple of pens. The paperclip thing was just an example. Of course, same. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's true, though. I do think that's like when your boss is asking you to work extra hours or you feel like you're putting yourself out there for your company. It's very easy to be like, well, I worked an extra hour last week and they didn't pay me. So now I'm taking these notebooks. Exactly. Exactly. So that's how entitlement and blame, like if you notice yourself feeling entitled or if you notice yourself blaming others, then you got to check. Maybe there was a bad boundary somewhere in there. Maybe you lent your sister $3,000 and now you feel like she should be cooking every meal for you. Did you lend me $3,000? No, I did not. This is an arbitrary example. Okay, I'm cooking for down. you for free. No, okay. okay <laughs> you okay. should be giving me $3,000. Bad boundaries <laughs> are coming in with your cooking situation, obviously, because you seem a little bit entitled and blaming. I just didn't know there was people were getting paid for this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so true, Sammy. And it's it's also a sign, like, if you're on that end where you're like, I did this for you when you didn't necessarily ask or when <laughs> I didn't necessarily want to. And because of that, you owe me this totally other thing. That is for sure a sign that you are not enforcing boundaries. Because the actual truth is you shouldn't have taken the extra shift. 
You shouldn't have worked those extra hours. Like if you're going to give to somebody, you need to give freely and you need Mm -hmm. to give without expectation. Mm -hmm. But if you're giving because you feel like you can't say no, that's a bad boundary. And it's going to make you feel bad because it's going to create this feeling of resentment. Exactly, Michelle. And the final sign that you may be in a bad boundary situation is you consistently find that your needs are not met. For example, you're hungry, you're sleepy, you're feeling drained. All these things might be a sign that somewhere in there you may be having bad boundaries. Ooh, you know, when I was at my last job, I think I was probably so guilty of this because one, I wasn't sleeping because I was having nightmares about my work. (laughs) And also I would skip meals because I didn't want to get tired. I would take meetings during lunchtime. Like I, I lost so much weight during this time in a really unhealthy way, just because like I didn't prioritize myself at all. And I think you're right. Like, I think if you're feeling tired and drained, you're ignoring yourself for others. And that's a really, really, that's probably one of the worst boundaries, actually, because like your physical health is so important. Yeah. And it could be things like you're agreeing to go to happy hours, you're agreeing to do all these things that you really don't want to do. And you're doing it just to be nice. But you're actually sacrificing your own health. And then when you feel drained, or when you feel tired, you might then start feeling resentful to all those people who you agreed to hang out with, when really you should have just had a better boundary to begin with. You know, Sammy, that reminds me of when I quit drinking. It was interesting because I had to learn how to set like a strong boundary with people. And it's not that people wouldn't respond to my boundaries when I had them. But people have such a weird relationship with drinking that I'd be like, oh, I'm not drinking. And they'd be like, oh, do you want a taste of this? Oh, try this. <laughs> and I'm like, I told you that I quit drinking. Why are you giving me sips of your cocktail? But, but it's true. But after a while, like I got a lot more comfortable just being like, hey, like I don't, I'm not drinking. And people just get used to that. And people, everyone's fine with it. But when the boundaries are bad, I think it actually it made it worse longer. Because like I'd be like, sure, I'll have a sip. And then like to them, they're kind of like, oh, she's like kind of drinking, kind of not. It just makes things unclear. Yeah, it makes things unclear. When I'm like, hey, I don't drink. I'm getting a water. I don't know. You do that a couple of times. People get the hint and like no one actually cares. Like I don't think anybody's staying up at night because like I'm not drinking anymore. So now we know some signs that you might have bad boundaries. How do you set those boundaries to begin with? My therapist gave me some really good advice. She says that before setting a boundary, if you feel okay with being this vulnerable, Maybe share how the boundary is affecting you before you set the boundary. I think you did this to me. Hmm? I think you did this to me. I don't recall doing this to you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's good. It was good. (laughs) For example, maybe you're back in that scenario where you go to that Thanksgiving party and you want to go home at 8 o'clock. Of course, people should respect you when you say that you want to go home at 8 o'clock and you don't necessarily need any explanation. But sometimes being vulnerable and sharing how you feel will make people more willing to comply with the boundary because they want to help you. For example, you might say, you know, I've been working a lot and I haven't been able to sleep enough and I've just been feeling so tired. I'm really excited to be at this party, but I'm going to leave at 8 o'clock so that I can ensure that I get some rest and hopefully I'll be feeling less fatigued. And maybe they'll say, you can sleep when you're dead. I literally thought the same thing. Those people need to be cut out. (laughs) 
<laughs> Those people were me at some point. <laughs> and then you say, no, I am leaving at eight. <laughs> but I think a lot of people will be like, oh my God, I totally get it. Don't worry. You can leave at eight. I'll make sure you do. Yeah. The thing is, is actually a lot of people will respect your boundaries. Again, maybe if you don't come from a family where that's common, this might be surprising. But once you start to like practice setting boundaries, even if people are like a little bit like, oh, okay, at first, people are generally happy to help create a space where you feel safe, comfortable, and that you want to return to. Yes. People with good boundaries, a lot of times, will be happy to know your boundary. Exactly. Good boundaries attract good boundaries. And it teaches people how you want to be treated. If you have bad boundaries, you're teaching people that you don't care about your own time or your own needs. If you have strong boundaries, you're teaching people like, hey, like I respect myself and I have limitations and I will respect you by sharing those limitations. I'm willing to have a conversation with you about this because I care about us and I care about our friendship and I want us to have a relationship where we can both be happy within our specific boundaries. And this leads us to our next point. You recognize your bad boundaries. You share your boundary in a way where the other person doesn't feel attacked and in a very clear way. And how do they take it? Not always good. That's the truth. When you're laying down your boundaries, especially if you're someone who hasn't been laying down boundaries for a long time, people don't always respond well. That's just the truth of it. It's so true. And I think this is actually the hardest part for me of like the boundary education journey. Mm -hmm. Because when you learn about boundaries or you hear about it from your therapist, you're like, wow, here is this perfect script. I tell this person what I want. They respect that boundary and we have a beautiful relationship together. (laughs) And especially when it comes to your family, like this is not always a one and done thing. Mm -mm. You might set a boundary. They might push it. You might set a boundary again. They might push it. You might have to go to the extreme situation of saying, hey, like, I'm not going to be here anymore if you're going to keep doing that. Or you might end up in a bad, like an inconvenient situation because I'm not catering to you anymore and you're expecting me to. I think a good example of that is when we moved to San Francisco, like our parents had to learn that sometimes we were busy and they couldn't just drop in on us. And I remember once they were like, hey, we're on our way to your apartment. And we're like, we're not there. Like we didn't have any plans for this. You're just choosing to do this on the fly. And it's not like they were trying to like punish us or do anything evil. They just wanted to see us. But we had to teach them like, hey, like if you don't let us know ahead of time, we might not be available. And they were fine. They just went and did something in the city, which also I think showed us that they are fine if we set boundaries. But it wasn't the first time that we had had that conversation with them. And they had to sort of see the repercussions before they knew that this was something that we were serious about. Yes, Michelle. And the truth is, if you haven't been setting boundaries, people aren't necessarily going to be used to hearing those boundaries from you. Like we all have friends who are really good with their boundaries and we kind of expect them to lay down their boundaries. And then we have other friends who have really bad boundaries and we're a little bit surprised when they lay down a boundary. So some people may take offense to it in the beginning, but as you continue to lay down your boundary, people will get used to it and people will accommodate it. And some people who are very extreme and maybe they just don't accept the boundary at all, 
you know, it just may mean that you have to decrease the amount of time with your relationship with them. Yeah. Like a lot of times people need to see that there are negative results if they don't respect your boundaries, usually that being the absence of your presence. But if they're continuously not respecting it, then you do have to think about taking at least a limited time out from that person because they clearly are not being affected enough that they can learn to respect your boundaries. And that doesn't mean they're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means that you have to do a little bit above and beyond to set that boundary. And things may improve in the future too. Exactly. And things may not improve in the future too if you, say, have a baby. (laughs) Bad boundaries get worse. (laughs) I just want to throw this out there. You know, we have a lot of friends who are having kids. A lot of people who are like us, either Indian, first or second generation. And it does seem like when you have children, you're starting the boundary cycle all over again. I Mm -hmm. know that's going to happen with my parents. I know we'll get over it. But at the same time, I don't know what it is, but I see it over and over again. I know it's going to happen to me. I know my mom right now is like, no, it's not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think I think just because they think they know so well and they like want so badly to help. And like a lot of times that comes with not respecting boundaries, Mm -hmm. um, you do have to teach your parents again. And I think that's really, really tough because then it's between you. It's between you, your parents and your children. And that does just create a whole different dynamic. You know, different people like different things. Like some people might love having someone at their house 24-7 and may hate being alone. And if you never, if you're not that person and you want like majority of your time alone, but you never set that boundary, that other person just doesn't know. So they're not deliberately trying to be evil. They just literally don't know what you want. Yeah, especially with like culture and things changing. And I think the other problem with it is that like a lot of times it is like somebody helping you, like your parents are helping you take care of your kids or providing assistance. And that's actually when the boundaries get the blurriest. And it doesn't have to be all or nothing. But you do have to maybe consider that ahead of time too. like, hey, I know that I'm asking my parents to help support me in some way. But I also need to make sure that it's clear what the boundaries are, because they might think they're doing me all these favors. And in reality, it's actually causing me more pain or tiring me out or putting my child at harm honestly exactly so takeaways for this episode boundaries they're great boundaries are great they are also difficult some signs that you may have bad boundaries guilt if you're experiencing guilt or if you're afraid of making someone else feel guilty or if you're trying to make someone feel guilty that is probably a sign of a bad boundary entitlement or blame if you're thinking i did this for this person and they're not appreciative or i can't believe they're not doing this in response chances are you're in a bad boundary zone the third sign of bad boundaries consistently not having your needs met you're tired you're hungry you're drained emotionally you probably haven't been setting your boundaries and remember with setting your boundaries some people you say it once it's fixed Other times, other people, a lot of times your family, you might have to remind them a few times or show them that there are consequences if they don't respect your boundaries. Or even further, unfortunately, if someone is really not respecting your boundaries, you you should consider whether or not they have a place in your life. Now, doesn't that say holiday cheer to you? (laughs) Nothing says happy holidays. Like, (laughs) happy holidays. Please respect my boundaries. 
You know, Sammy, when I read How to Be a No Limit Person by Wayne Dwyer, he said something that really stuck out to me. And that was, if you do not set limits and if you do not set boundaries with the people in your lives, those relationships will disintegrate. And that, Mm -hmm. I think, is actually the truth. Because if you have bad boundaries with somebody, you might think, oh, like, I'm just making these exceptions. I'm just trying to be understanding. I'm just being nice. But the truth is, is that it will wear on you. And eventually, like what I see for myself is if I have really bad boundaries with someone, I won't want to spend time with them. I'll stop answering their calls. I will not want to have them. them in my life. I'll ghost them. And I don't like being that person. And so if I really value my relationship with someone, I know that it's important for me to have a conversation with them to set boundaries because it shows them that I respect them and I want this relationship to continue. And if you guys have stories or different times where you've set a boundary that you want to share with us, let us know. It's always great to have more examples and see how other people set boundaries in their life. Exactly. You guys know how to reach us. And most importantly, be sure to join us next time as we put down the rule book and we rethink the status quo. Hey guys, welcome to our after show. Welcome to the after show. We're done talking about boundaries. So if you want to set a boundary with us and exit, you definitely can. Yes, we've set a boundary on our podcast where we do not ramble in the beginning, at least not on purpose. But in the after show, we create space so that we can just chat. And if you don't want to participate, we are totally okay with that and you may leave. We respect you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You're too busy for us, I guess. <laughs> you can't even stay and listen to a few more minutes of your Not good old us. Tammy. <laughs> Not us. You don't love us. <laughs> I would like to say we love our mother and father, mm-hmm. and they do really respect our boundaries. They are pretty good about it, to be honest, considering that they're Indian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, they're better than a lot. So even though we did use them as examples, real examples, don't get me wrong. They are very good at respecting our boundaries. It's just funny to see sometimes how it's very cultural. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When we were talking about the language thing, I was thinking about in Spanish, how a lot of the verb phrases can be passive. So like, instead of like, I fell, it's kind of like, a fall came upon me. (laughs) And it is a little bit bad boundaries. It's like, hey, no, 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 nothing made you, you fell. (laughs) You caused a fall. (laughs) You got hit by something that you walked into. You walked into it and you got hit by it. (laughs) It didn't come upon you and smack you in the face. You know, I do think there are like cultural parts of language that reflect the language. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's funny even when we think about like Indian language and like our family, like they will literally be like, you can't do that. There will be a curse on our family. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, what? It's you like, I, I literally can independently make my own life decisions now because I'm going to put a curse on the whole family. Now God is also involved. <laughs> like, and you don't even ask. You're just like, you do this, curse on the family. <laughs> so yeah, bad boundaries are definitely in the culture. And I, I, I see it in myself so much. Like, I think I'm like relatively good, but definitely if someone sets a strong boundary, I'm like, ooh. Okay, yeah, I got to respect your time. Mm-hmm. And I, I try to do more of that, like, especially with time. You know, any people are never on time to anything. <laughs> and then we go long, like, that's me. I'm not on time to anything. And I can yap, 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 yap all day. Oh, my God. That, yes. I hate, I hate like, like, on the phone, I have some friends who are just really good at setting the boundary that the conversation's over. 
And I love that. I aspire to be that. Yes. Shout out to Bella. Because <laughs> she is literally the best at it. It's so nice. You know, like it's I. It's nice. You can pick up the phone. You're not like afraid that you'll be like consumed for the whole afternoon. Mm-hmm. And it's my fault. Like I'm the my person that will drive mm-hmm. a conversation to like three hours. Mm-hmm. But then it, it makes it exhausting. It makes it. I'm sure I'm an exhausting person to call. Even if they know they're going to enjoy it, it's like, oh, do I have like three hours now? It's yes. like a wall. It's like setting aside time to watch a Bollywood movie. Yeah, exactly. Less drama. Less drama. Anyway, guys, thanks so much for listening. Love you. Bye.